I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to the unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, Tuesday, December 15th. The odds of December. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Happy to hear from you. You sound like you're in a better mood. I am. I'm having a good day. Good deal. Good deal. Ten days from Christmas. I know you're a big Christmas guy. Mm-hmm. When are you done with work? Uh, When's vacay for Seth Hughes? I believe that I will probably... I will for sure work the 22nd. After that, I might work the 23rd, and then... I might work half a day on the 23rd, probably not. I'll probably take the full day off the 23rd. I might even take half a day off on the 22nd. The morning of the 22nd will be the last time I work. Okay. You're almost there, buddy. I'm almost there. Well, how you feeling? Is this the last week of Jeremy Pruitt as Tennessee's head coach? I am going to say no, but I do think it is very interesting that Fulmer has not come out and said anything. So you still say no. You've been saying no the whole time. You're still there. I'm still there. I just think it's very interesting that, like, Pruitt's like, yeah, I haven't been told I'm coming back next year, and we're just worried about this week, and Fulmer's like, Fulmer hasn't given a vote of confidence. I mean, that thing he said on Vol Calls two weeks ago was, one, as you mentioned on this podcast, like, something that a lot of people aren't going to hear, and two, it wasn't very, like, it wasn't strong. It wasn't like Jerry Jones' son going on the radio in Dallas today or yesterday and saying, Mike McCarthy is coming back next year. It was kind of a very weak vote of confidence. Yeah, what's the reason there? What's up with that? Well, I think that for what's, what's one up thing... With that? What's up with that, Seth? I think more than anything, it's that um, the people that are... People that are important aren't happy, right? I mean... Well, you and I aren't happy. You know, I mean, like, has Fulmer said anything this week? No, he's been MIA. That press conference yesterday was weird, right? Just where he said, like, he hadn't met with Fulmer and doesn't know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, especially, you know, two days before signing day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like... I don't think Fulmer is cutthroat enough to sign a full class in two day in a day, and then fire a coach on a Sunday, the Sunday after. I don't think Fulmer's that cutthroat. Hopefully, Fulmer doesn't have a choice, as the athletic director at Auburn didn't have a choice because Jimmy Rain said he wasn't going to give another dollar of money if they didn't fire Gus Malzahn. So what happened? Gus Malzahn got fired. 
Um, I still lean no. I just think it's the the it's been very odd. The whole thing it's just been very weird lately. I mean, it's been a, like it's been two weeks since Fulmer has said anything, and what he said was very it was very lackluster. If you're the head coach of the University of Tennessee, you want a little more support, I think. Either Fulmer is struggling from the COVID, and we don't know about it. Or he is just completely checked out on this coach, or he's just terrified to say anything. One of the three, I don't know. You think he's just scared to give a vote of confidence because he knows that it's not his call? If I had to pick, I would say it's the third. He's scared. Like, he's never done anything like this before because he's never been an athletic director that's had to fire the head football coach. And, I mean, let's be honest. Like, doing it is, like... It's not going to be something that's very fun to do. I can see why, you, if I was an athletic director, I would absolutely dread it. I'd love to do it, I think. But at the end of the day, do you want to keep your job? Especially now. It's at the point now where, you know, what we've said the last couple of weeks is bringing Pruitt back is essentially rehiring him. Yes. And it's that times three now, it feels like, especially once Auburn fired Malzahn. Now, I will say, like, another thing is, like, I can't imagine, like, what is being said in private by Hugh Freeze, and I'm just going to assume that Jimmy Sexton is Hugh Freeze's agent. I cannot imagine what is being said in private by Hugh Freeze and Jimmy Sexton, considering what is being said by Hugh Freeze through Bruce Feldman. So, Hugh Freeze is... He is making it very well known, his love affair with Tennessee. He is making it very well known how, to use Bruce Feldman's word, how enamored he is with the University of Tennessee. Because Bruce Feldman comes out and basically says, hey, look, he wants the Tennessee job over the Auburn job. But if there's only one job open and it's Auburn and they offer him the job, he's going to have to take it. But he would rather have the Tennessee job. So hint, hint, Tennessee... He wants your job. You need, if you want them, you need to go get them. Now, that being said, it does not appear, for whatever reason, that Auburn is even looking at Hugh Freeze. They do not appear to be looking at him whatsoever. Well, who are they looking at? Is it just going to end up being Kevin Steele? Like, was it going to be Cristobal? When it happened, when it happened, one of my very, very best friends, who is an avid listener of this podcast, is a two-time Auburn graduate and an avid fan. He, uh, their rival site. I assume it was a rival site because I know he has a subscription to that, was saying that, like, it's basically, like, Cristobal is the top option. But then Oregon offered, countered with the very strong contract, and the whole Pac-12 championship game thing happened, and so now that's thrown a wrench into it. So now it's kind of seemed, the last 24 hours talking to him, it seemed like Kevin Steele has become the top option, which he's, like, apoplectic about. He's like, we really fired Gus Malzahn to hire Kevin Steele? Like, it just seems to me as if they didn't have any sort of plan. It honestly seems at this point, now I'm sure they will get it together and hire a better coach than UT ever will, but it seems like a very Tennessee-run search at this point because you've wanted rid of this guy for years and years and you finally pull the trigger and you don't have a plan? Like your plan is Kevin Steele? Yeah, that would be very disappointing, obviously, to be an Auburn fan if that's what it ends up with. I, I just can't see that actually happening. I feel like that is probably just like worst case scenario. They're trying to brace people for worst case scenario. I mean, if I'm an Auburn fan, I would much rather want Steve Sarkeesian. I would much rather just be like, go hire the retread of Steve Sarkeesian. 
than, than giving me Kevin Steele. Go see if you can convince another Ole Miss coach to leave for Auburn and try and get Lane Kiffin here. Yeah, just anybody but Kevin Steele, really. Anybody but Kevin Steele. Anybody who's like 9-39 and 39 or whatever in their career as a head coach like he is. Um, I don't know. It's hard to believe the Kevin Steele thing, is the Kevin Steele stuff is serious, but by all accounts it is. To me, I've just never been able to get past in my mind with Kevin Steele him having a nervous breakdown because of what Dana Holgerson did to him. So I know he's had some great defenses at Auburn. I just can't imagine making that guy my head coach after Dana Holgerson put one on him so bad he had a nervous breakdown. And what is what, what is he going to do if Saban puts one on him that bad? Do you think they're gassing him up that way maybe he'll stay as a defensive coordinator? Maybe. I think he'll stay as a defensive coordinator. I mean, because I don't – I mean, who's going to – I don't think anybody else is going to go hire him as defensive coordinator. I mean, maybe Tennessee could if, if Ansley leaves, I guess. I don't know. I would think he would want to stay and – the next guy as head coach would probably want him to be the defense coordinator. Um, and maybe they just don't want to have to pay that extra $5 million buyout that he has. But it's hard to imagine them caring about another $5 million after they just lit $21 million on fire. So it's still hard. It's, it's honestly, it's hard to believe they actually pulled the trigger on Gus. I know they've wanted to forever. I know the two sides hated each other. And... Like, it's just still hard to believe that they actually did pull the trigger on him. Well, it just goes to show that money isn't real when it comes to this stuff. Because it, it all com- almost all the money comes from the outside anyways. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't come from the school. It comes from the boosters. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's frustrating because, you know, like, like, Jimmy Rain isn't even – a billionaire. Charlie Ergen, I just did the math. Charlie Ergen is literally, he has 10 times the net worth as Jimmy Rain. And Haslam has like 2.5 times the net worth as Jimmy Rain. And so Tennessee has stupid money compared to Auburn. Stupid amounts of money compared to Auburn. I mean, Charlie Ergen is worth like $9 billion. And, but Jimmy Rain is putting his foot down and is saying, I'm not giving another cent unless you fire him. And, like, why can't Jim Haslam or Charlie Ergen care that much? Like, why can't they care that much? Because if they did, Pruitt would not be the coach right now. I'm hoping Jimmy Haslam's feeling himself right now. He just won a Major League Soccer Championship. Did you see that? Yep. His Columbus crew won the title. His Cleveland Browns just played maybe the greatest Monday night football game ever last night. They lost, but they were in it. Yeah, Baker looks good. I'm hoping he's just feeling himself and saying, hey, I can do it. I got a hot hand right now. Let's go ahead for the trifecta. Let's fix Tennessee football while we're at it. I mean, it would be cool. Like, they obviously, like you said, anybody that says Tennessee doesn't have the money, all that means, that's just not true. All it means is that the people that have the money aren't ponying up. Either don't care enough or still can't get their way because Tennessee is weird. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard to imagine that, like, if Jimmy Haslam walked in and said, look, I want rid of him, and here's the money, that he's not fired. I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's it's getting weird to me that, like, Fulmer just hasn't come out and said anything. It makes me think Fulmer is just in over his head, both metaphorically and physically. Because if you're not going to fire him, 
how have you not come out and said emphatically, point blank, like, look, he's going to be the head coach next year, and it just is what it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's he's in over his head both from a perception standpoint and just literally, like, he, it might not be his decision. It doesn't seem like it's his decision. When you're talking about the money, like, it wasn't Auburn's AD's decision. It was the, no. the money's decision. Yeah, the Auburn athletic director and president, neither wanted to fire Gus Malzahn. Neither one of them wanted to fire Gus Malzahn. It was not up to them. Fulmer's already got his ass fired once here. And you would have to think he knows that there's a good possibility it's going to happen again. So that's probably why he's silent. He's just trying to, maybe he's just waiting for hopefully, directions, waiting for instructions. Ho- hopefully just the decision hasn't been made yet, which is what you're saying. Because I think that's a good thing. We would both agree that if the decision hasn't been made yet, that's better than the decision having been made that he's coming back. So, so hopefully you, the de- you don't think there's a possibility that the decision's been made and they're just letting Pruitt coach the last game? Or do you I think would, it's still up in the air and they're going to give him one more chance to beat A&M and then sell his vision? Because if it's true that Hugh Freeze or even now Gus Malzahn would come to Tennessee, there's no real reason to do it now three days before signing day. Well, see, uh, that's kind of what I've been thinking too, is that like, I would think that Auburn fans wish they would have just waited a week. Get the guy signed. Yeah. They could still get out of it afterwards, but but it, a lot of times that doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, Jawan James still came to Tennessee, even though Lane Kiffin left and played for Derek Dooley. Right. A ton of those guys did. And like, and I know it might seem a little shady or whatever to like sign these kids and then fire the coach, but honestly, like Tennessee has Tennessee has an already built an excuse. Oops, we fired him after signing day, but we were just waiting to see if he beat A and M. And when he didn't beat A and M, that was that was the barometer. And when he didn't beat them, we had to fire him. Look, it's so no, Tennessee's it's no shadier than firing a coach next year. These kids have already signed. Correct. Him. Like it's no shadier than a coach just leaving for another job. Like this happens. I don't know why we're Worried about it now whenever we've had this happen, you know, basically. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I I say, I say fire him Sunday morning. You've got the class locked in. Fire him Sunday morning. Go hire Hugh Freeze. Go hire Gus Malzahn. Go hire whoever you want to. I don't really care. Who do you want more, Gus or Freeze? Freeze. Okay. Yeah, me too. And I see a lot of this, these arguments about. There's a lot of love for Gus in the Discord. There is about how, well, if you want Freeze so badly, why don't you want Gus more? I mean, he beat Saban more than Freeze did, and it's like, okay, he did. Gus Malzahn beat Saban a lot more than anybody else, and I think Gus Malzahn is a fine football coach. He's He accomplished a lot. I also think it's a lot easier to be the head football coach at Auburn than it is Ole Miss. And yeah, you got to play George every year, but you have access to a lot more talent than you do at Ole Miss. So I, I don't know that that's necessarily a direct comparison you know I think that Freeze is electric at recruiting and I think he can obviously coach um I want Freeze more yeah I mean I, I, I don't I don't necessarily look at the Alabama thing as mattering because you know just go back two years ago and you said oh Dan Mullen's never beaten Alabama exactly and Gus Malzahn has and I think all of us would say Dan Mullen's a hell of a better coach yeah than Gus Malzahn I 
We'd still be excited about Gus, right? Or no? Yeah, I think that's what I was going to say. Is like That being said, if Gus Malzahn was hired at UT, I would be excited because I at least know that Tennessee got a guy who can really, really coach and he can recruit. Uh, the obvious comparison to be would be, you know, Rick Barnes, and I wasn't excited about Rick Barnes, but, you know, he's been really good here so far. So I think that would be a pretty good hire. I do worry about Gus and his quarterback position. Yeah. I do worry about that. I mean, he hasn't had any since Cam Newton, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, his best quarterback was a defense back that, you know, was very limited. Yes, I agree. The one issue about Gus is his quarterback development. It has been um, nothing. I mean, it's been negligible. There has been no quarterback development. And I to mean, me, that would worry me. I wouldn't want that. Now, he has been able to land some big guys, obviously. Like, Jared Siddham was a big transfer. Bo Nix was a five-star, but neither one of those lived up to any type of hype. Yeah, I mean, he's been an awesome recruiter. I mean, I, I, you know, they've gotten really, really good players out of Georgia. Derek Brown. I mean, uh, Tank Bigsby. I, he's been a very good recruiter. I think Freeze is a little better. Like I I think anybody who's here can recruit. I, I agree. I think anybody is here, as long as you have an idea of what you're doing, you can recruit. And sure, you might not out-recruit Georgia, but just – Get top 12 classes and scheme the boys up. That's all you got to do. And I don't necessarily like even make the Rick Barnes comparison with Gus because Gus is so young still. And like, I mean, he's 55. Like, I just mean a coach has gotten fired that was, you know, had some real highs and then never really recreated them. Yeah, I think, the, you know, there's the quarterback development and then there's the boomer bust. Right. And, you know, I mean. I would still be excited for Gus. I was just saying I am with you in the camp for freeze. Simply because the quarterback position and offensive play. I would rather have you freeze. I mean, that, you know, there is like that Auburn team last year, if they had just had a little bit more at the quarterback position, they could have you know, won the SEC. Um, they just needed a little bit more at the quarterback position. He can really build a team. Well, we're talking about, you know, the defense, and, you know, we might not be getting his defense coordinator. So that would kind of worry me, too. I mean, still, yeah. still's been there a long time, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Still's been there. He's been there like three or four years. Oh, is that it? Okay. Uh, I thought he, oh, he, he, spent, he spent that one random year at LSU. Okay. I would have he, He's been there 2016. He okay. 2016. Okay, so not quite as long as I thought. No, because he was at LSU for like one year randomly in 2015 as defensive coordinator and then went to But was Auburn. there the year they won the West in 2017. Yes. And the um, defense kept them afloat the last couple of years, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, last year that 2019 Auburn defense was the best in the SEC. It was tremendous. It was a tremendous defense. Yeah. So that would worry me a little bit, especially if he stays at Auburn. But I would still be more into Gus than I am Pruitt. What did you think of Stephen Godfrey's article? Did you read it? I did not know. Well, he basically laid it out that Pruitt had made some comments about how he is fed up with the lack of support and basically was just sick of the shit and would be fine going back to Alabama and coaching defense for $2 million a year. Support in what sense? I would I imagine it's support now. from the people at the school patting him on the back and telling him he's great. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there hasn't been a lot of support this year once it went sideways. We just talked about that with, with Fulmer. I don't know if that's what he's referring to, because obviously the contract extension was there and the money for assistance have been there. But Fulmer hasn't necessarily been telling everybody how great he is once the season started. Yeah, I just think, 
uh, that to me is just that's such shit. Like not God for saying that, but that like Prumer that that like Prumer that Pruitt thinks that because like dude the support like the support that basically gave you a blank check to go get whoever you wanted at offensive coordinator the blank check that let you fire your first year defensive coordinator or not fire but demote your first year defensive coordinator so you could get go get who you wanted as defensive coordinator i mean like the list of the list of programs in this country that pays their coordinators each 1 million dollars 1 million plus dollars it's small. That's a small list. Like the support that gave you an extension after last year when you lost to Georgia State. Like, I mean, dude, you've gotten plenty of support. You have been able. You Unlike any other coach at UT, UT has opened up their checkbook and told you to go get whoever you wanted at your position coach hires and your coordinator hires and you've gone out and you've done it i mean you're paying an offense coordinator 1.5 million a year tennessee is they gave him an extra year so he'd leave georgia i mean this is this is nonsense like tennessee has supported the hell out of this guy but fulmer hasn't came out with any vote of confidence fulmer has let this go on for another month and it maybe had to go like fulmer could have easily come out and said look it's a pandemic we ain't firing jerry pruitt you know, he hinted around of, hey, we're young, we're not that far off, blah, blah, blah. But he hasn't given him the vote of confidence. We just talked about that. He hasn't done it. And if you are Pruitt, you are probably sick of it because, you know, the article said that he's been trying to tell everybody he's doing a good job in the office and needs, you know, another two years and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And basically, it's still going to have to meet and pitch Fulmer and the, the money after the season on his vision. Also point out that Pruitt has no offsets in his contract language, and getting fired, he can go and make an extra $2 million a year. Yes, he just assumed. So apparently that Butch contract, that Butch buyout, that is not the norm. I did read that on VolQuest last week. That Butch language in his contract that basically specified if you go get, that said, you know, you have to go try and go get a head coaching job, and if you go get a head coaching job, the money's offset by those that salary. That is not the typical way that head coaching contracts work. Oh, which almost, was, almost every head coach has the double dip option? I guess so. Interesting. I did read that from VolQuest. But yeah, so told people on the program that he just as soon go back to coaching defense for Nick than put up with this shit. Well, fine, go! And it would actually be a shrewd move from him. Like I said, he could make an extra $2 million a year. It has no offset, so yeah, he could go make... He'll make $4 million next year, and then... He'd go make $2 million or whatever, you know, go be defense coordinator somewhere. Yeah, that 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 buyout, I mean, that contract extension last year, it might come back looking very poorly, but whatever. I don't really care. And my thing about the time and still now is it was basically just a good PR move. Or it was an attempt at a good PR move. And, like, we're not, not firing Jerry Pruitt because of the extra $6 million. This is kind of my thinking. He, it seems, lacks the megalomaniac, megalomaniac fervor of a head coach and really would be happy just going back to being a plain old ball coach, defensive coordinator. Then go. Fine. Good for him. If that's what, if, you know, if Jerry Pruitt's going to be more happy doing that than being the head coach of Tennessee, then he really needs to leave. And I would say he would be happier. I think most people would. Like, I would say most people would be happier if they could make, you know, three times the amount of money 
for the same job. And like he will, you know, he'll get a big buyout and will be the highest paid, one of the highest paid coaches in the country when it's all said and done. I mean, they could $6 million a year to be a coordinator. I mean, there's something to be said for what Brent Venables has done at Clemson the last like 10 years. But Brent Venables ain't got that extra head coach check. Like Pruitt, you know, yeah, two and a half year fuck up. But like, as long as he still wants to be a coordinator, he could go do that and be happy for the next 10 years. Lord knows Saban ain't slowing down anytime soon. Just go back where somebody loves you. That would be the admirable thing for Pruitt to do. To say, you know what, I'm not going to make the pitch to try to save my job. Just do what you got to do, Phil. Do what you got to do, Jim. Well, uh, what is your pitch here, Jeremy, to uh, get this thing back on track? If you don't see it by now, you don't need to see it. If you don't believe in me, just let me go. That's all I would say. Yeah. I mean, the, the I would say that, like, the one, like Jeremy, unfortunately, Jeremy can't resign because he's not going to walk away from $12 million. He might be a dumb redneck, but he's not that dumb. So he's going to keep showing up to the office at 7 a.m. every morning until they take away his key. But he obviously doesn't want to be the head coach here, and surely Fulmer knows that. We're almost headed to a standoff like in uh, Dooley year two, where Dooley's like, yeah, we just pay me to go away. Yeah. And Hamilton was like, no, you can quit, I guess, if you want. And Dooley's like, well, fuck that. I'm not walking away from this money, so I'm just going to disappear for a month and a half. We might not see Germ from January to, to March. Lord knows our coaches sure got quiet on Twitter once we started losing. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Not a lot, and then not a lot of tweets once the uh, the L's started rolling in. And no, not much to say. I mean, not much to say. Um Shit, I don't care if any of those coaches leave, like, I, besides T and J. I don't really give a damn about any of them, I'll be honest. I don't even know if T. Martin is a good wide receivers coach, but I do know one thing about T. He turned down that pay raise, and that says a lot to me. So It says he's at least smarter than everybody else. Yeah. He's at least got some more savviness about him than the other coaches. I'll give him that. <laughs> And, I mean, I think Jay Graham is a really good running backs coach. So, I, I don't give a shit about any of them, I'll be honest. I don't really give a damn about any of the players in the recruiting class because none of the players matter. None of the coaches matter. There is not uh, one player in this recruiting class that's going to fix things. Yeah, I mean. Like, there's I, not two players in this class. Like, this class isn't good enough. There are no Trevor Lawrences in this recruiting class to worry about. There's no Peyton Manning. There's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no Jadavion Clowney. There's none of that. Just make the move. Don't worry about the recruiting class because guess what? Bringing in a class of 20-something kids where only three of them can play ain't going to fix anything. It's only going to make it worse. And you would think that the recruiting class would have even less, would be even less of an issue now when you know that in the spring it's going to be open season on players at other programs. And so, yeah, you know, you, 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 Tennessee probably doesn't even want to fill their class up all the way. Yeah, for some reason, we still have like 24 commitments. We have a whole bunch of three stars on the, we have thir 14 three stars, I think. I think a lot of those guys aren't going to sign them. Well, I hope not. I hope you're right. I hope not. I hope we only take like four of them. From the little bit I read about recruiting, I don't think that some of those guys are going to be allowed to sign. I would rather take 15 commitments tomorrow, 15 signees, than take all the three Correct. stars we have. Just take 15 guys. I agree. Leave our leave I agree. ten scholarships open for transfers. 
Guess what? Those three stars, they're still going to be available in February. Yeah, they're, you're going to give me an ultimatum? Okay, cool. Go to Louisiana Tech, bro. Yeah, you're still going to be able to get them. I mean, I would think Tennessee wouldn't even be taking a full class to begin with. Any coach wouldn't be. Either the current one or anybody we bring in because they're going to want to go to the transfer market to look for one, a quarterback, two, a pass rusher, and three, a safety that has a pulse. Hopefully multiple pass rushers and safeties. Yeah, we we should take six of those. So I would rather have, like, I don't even, like, I would rather have a guy that, you know, has two or three years at safety than a three-star that you're going to be able to keep t- from going to Mississippi State. Just give me, I'm not kidding, give me, a, like, a, a safety transfer from MTSU that started for four years there, or three years there, that's been there. Just let him come in and play. I'd rather have that than a three-star freshman. I mean, like, I, I just, I'd rather I have don't care about. played D1 football and at least been a good D1 football player than taking a three-star freshman. Amen. And even if the transfer rule wasn't going to go in effect, I still wouldn't care about the recruiting class because how many times do we have to see that it doesn't matter? What matters is the man in charge. So, like, it's I just... I don't know. So, I don't have any idea what Fulmer is doing. It is very odd to me. Hopefully, he's not just petrified and not big in, and, and he's terrified of the moment, and he's not just sitting in his office scared of what to do next, and that's why he hasn't gone out and issued a vote of confidence or issued a public statement that he's going to be our head coach. I mean, that tells me, at the very least, that Saturday could get ugly enough that they have to can his ass. We are in the danger zone. We are red alert on Phil Fulmer as the godfather picture being one of the more ironic photos in Tennessee sports history. Because right now, Phil's looking like a big old pussy. Not like the Godfather, like a big old pussy that's too afraid to actually get things done. Everyone posted that picture. We wanted to make Phil feel cool. We wanted to make Phil feel like the Godfather, like he knew where the bodies were buried and blah, blah, blah. Well, Phil, you got another week of that. All right? You got another, we'll call it five days. You got until Sunday, buddy. What's the deadline, Seth? Sunday at lunch? Yeah, I think it's Sunday. If we don't get the Sunday 11.30 a.m. update from Bruce Feldman. Yeah, and if it, if it doesn't happen in the, if it doesn't happen by lunch, it ain't happening Sunday night. And if it don't happen on Sunday night, it ain't happening. It ain't happening, yeah, agreed. The deadline is Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch if you want to choose joy and get into the uh, secret internet cult. Patreon.com slash Reeds Got three new patrons. New to our patron, Austin Cope. Shout out to brother Austin Cope. We love you and appreciate you. New to our patron, Hunter Jackson. Shout out to brother Hunter Jackson. We love you and appreciate you. New to our patron, Will Ford. Shout out to brother Will Ford. We love you and appreciate you. Welcome to the secret internet cult. Thank you for choosing joy. All right, grab a couple of these questions, Seth. What do you got for me? Um... Brother Wadley would like to know, would you rather have another year of Jeremy Pruitt knowing that we will get Malzahn or Freeze, or would you rather have Chadwell or Napier next year? I would rather have Billy Napier right damn now than wait on Malzahn or Freeze. I would take another year of Pruitt if you told me we're getting Freeze next year. Uh, Just uh, sell me on Billy Napier. I mean, I know Louisiana's won some games, but... I saw him take a 30-yard safety, bro, to cut it to a three-point yeah. game. 
Yeah, so what was the deal with their long snapper? He just had like six bad snaps. So they they took a snap from the 30-yard line on fourth and three, and he ran to the end zone. The quarterback ran to the end zone when they were only up five points. Yeah. And I'm just like – I saw it. I saw it. When I saw that, I was like, I, I can't condone this guy, this type of thinking. You obviously could snap and shotgun. Why not just let your quarterback pooch punt it? Yeah. Really, really dumb. So I, I can't take Billy Napier just for that. Okay. Chadwell, look, I, I got to be honest. I've kind of laughed at the idea of Chadwell all year, but man, whenever they bullied BYU, dude, I know. Like they they beat up BYU. Yeah, with undersized people. They came in and played like a bunch of dogs, and I got to be honest, I am now sold on Chadwell. Oh, I am like that's the thing. Like I, I am sold on Chadwell as well. I would take him. Like I think he's handsome. He's nice to look at. He's not gonna. Oh, he's not going to look like Jeremy Pruitt on the sideline. He's not going to let himself go. He's, he's not going to get here and gain 40 pounds. And he obviously wants this job very badly. Keep it tight for us. Uh, yeah, they bullied BYU. They won another really good game on Saturday. Came back, scored with under a minute left. I mean, um, he's innovative, it seems to me, on the offensive side of the ball and will do what his personnel allows him to do. I mean, I do think that he is kind of the – this might sound really stupid in hindsight in a couple of years, but it does feel like he has – you know, uh, 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 you know, a decade ago, the feeling that Gus Malzahn brought with his offense. Yeah. The way Chadwell does some interesting things in that spread, power rushing attack. Some of the stuff he does with his offensive linemen and pulling them all the way out for the option and stuff, like, is really creative. And I think people are going to try to copy that. Now, whether or not he can evolve and keep, you know, innovating mm-hmm. as people figure him out, that's different. But uh, I do not want Napier. Just simply, I'm out on Napier just simply for that that decision to take a 30-yard safety. But I will say I'm on, I'm in on Chadwell, but even then I would still wait a year to get Freeze just because I've seen him develop. Big, yeah, big I would offenses. wait a year to get Freeze over Chadwell too. Um, I like Napier a lot. He seems like he's going to be a big-time coach to me. Um, I think that it's interesting that Freeze, Chadwell, and Napier each, I think if they got the UT job, none of those three would ever leave again. That's nice to hear. You have two guys who are from East Tennessee, and then you have a guy who has made it very well known that his dream job is the University of Tennessee. So I think that, and I think, I, I mean, I would be lying if I didn't think there was something to be said for that. Um, no, there is. There is. So. At least at the very least, we'd know it would hurt their feelings to lose here. They wouldn't be walking around saying, I ah, fuck it, I'm going back to Alabama. Let me go run a defense. I, at least I know they'll actually be bothered by losing. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it would crush Jamie Chadwell and Hugh Freeze if they did not win at the University of Tennessee. And I—that's just to say, I don't know as much about Napier's upbringing. I just know he grew up in East Tennessee, in Cookville. But like Jamie Chadwell, like took that girl on a, on, his, on a first date to the '92 Tennessee Alabama game. Like he is a Vols fan. Oh, really? I didn't know that about him. Yeah, yeah. They were talking about that during the BYU game. Mm, I got some goosebumps on my leg. And then, obviously, we all know about Hugh Freeze and the honeymoon and his love affair with UT. Um, Brother G-Man asked the podcast, are there any realistic staff changes that Pruitt could make to get us sort of excited for 2021 with him as head coach? No, I don't care about anything. I don't care about any staff changes. I don't care about I don't care about who he could go hire as offensive coordinator. I, he could hire Hugh Freeze to be his offensive coordinator and hire Derek Mason to be his defense coordinator. Or, I mean, so, some other big-name defense coordinator. I don't really care about Derek Mason. He could bring in Hugh Freeze to run his offense. 
No, that's not that's not realistic, obviously, but that's the only thing you could do. Like to me, the issue is that if he brings in some hot shot offense coordinator, like I don't know, uh, Kendall Browse, well, the offense still probably going to be good enough next year to have him save his job. And I, I don't want to give him that chance because I've I've said this before. If if you bring in a Joe Brady and Joe Brady leaves after one magical year, yeah, you might have won a bunch of games. Now, granted, like don't get me wrong, if we brought Joe Brady in as an offensive coordinator, and won a national championship, it'd be worth it. But say you bring in Joe Brady and go nine and three, and exactly, and that guy gets another job, you're back to square one, and you're stuck with the exactly. loser, and you've given him a whole bunch of money, and he's completely reset his clock, and the problems aren't fixed. They just had a you know some flex seal put over it to stop the leaking. So, I guess the main question, the main question in response to G-Man's question, is there an offensive coordinator that Tennessee could bring in that could win Tennessee a national title like Joe Brady won LSU a national title? I say no. I don't see it, to say the least. So, I say no. I don't give a shit about the staff, because I was excited for the staff on paper, and the staff sucks. Yeah, the staff is great on paper. This The staff can't, the staff can't recruit. The staff can't coach. No thanks. Don't care about the staffs. Like, there are some really, really good football coaches on the staff that would kick ass at Alabama, and they don't do shit at Tennessee, so... It's all about the head coach. Yep. Unless you strike absolute gold with Joe Burrow and Joe Brady. But, yeah, Joe Brady wouldn't have been shit without Joe Burrow, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, Joe Brady's not doing that at Tennessee next year, so... You had to get the quarterback, too. Brother Lane, the number one racer in the Discord, would like to know, if we think the painting of the rock has an effect on our recruit's decision. Brother Austin Price says this is why Brooks is waiting. Um... To me, Brother Lane, if Dylan Brooks is debating on signing tomorrow or not signing tomorrow because of The Rock, that tells me that he was thinking about not signing tomorrow, period. So, I I have a tough time buying the fact that this Rock is making much of an effect. If a recruit um, has been bothered by The Rock, it makes me question whether or not they've been living under a Rock, Seth. Am I right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, did, yeah. did they not like, see the season? Did they think everything was good in Knoxville? Like, Dylan Brooks is to me the best player in the class, and that includes when we re-sign Terrence Lewis tomorrow. Like, I would take Dylan Brooks over anybody in the class, and still, I don't really care. I would rather get rid of Jeremy Pruitt. I just like Dylan Brooks. Obviously, likes Tennessee a lot, and he loves Pruitt. But he's watched all these games, and the thing that did it for him is what a couple of shitheads wrote on The Rock. Whoa, 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 to whoa, me, whoa, whoa, whoa. To me, whoa, I mean whoa, that in a loving whoa, whoa, fashion. Whoa. I mean that in a loving manner. I mean that with all of my heart. Now, the secondary thing is that Dylan Brooks wasn't reading The Rock closely enough. Because The Rock said choose joy. And Dylan needs to take that to heart. And not worry about what a bunch of college kids are riding on a rock. But, I mean, I just have a tough time believing that we could go out there and lose to Kentucky. What was it, 34-7? to seven? I thought it was 38-7, to seven, but either way. 38-7. to seven, We could lose to Arkansas 24-13. to 13. We could get drilled by Auburn and Florida. And, like, that doesn't cause, like, any kind of flutter in, in how steady his recruitment is. But The Rock does. I'm not buying it. I'm calling I, I'm, I'm calling BS on that one. It was 34-7. to seven. Apologies. No, it's okay. We didn't give you about 30. My bad, just 27. It's like I said, there's no recruit in this class that's worth keeping up with this shit. And I think it would literally have to be a Trevor Lawrence or uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, there's nobody in this class worth it. No thanks. That's the only thing that could get me to, like, 
want to keep them is if you have one of those guys. Um, brother Matt Brad Kyle, three first names, would like to know bigger frauds, the Browns or the Steelers? Steelers. I'm going to go Steelers too. I thought that even though the Browns lost and people can say it's the same old Browns, they looked pretty good last night. Baker's got that offense humming. The Steelers have been free-falling for a month. Their fans have been denying it, but now they can't deny it any longer. The Steelers over. Have, have absolutely no running game. They do not really even attempt to run the ball. It's a cursory attempt at a running game, and their passing game consists of five-yard passes by a quarterback that is over the hill. A quarterback that no, no longer re- has any zip on his pass, as you saw Buffalo jump on the short pass, take the pick six back before halftime. It's a wrap. Now I just wonder who the – like, is there any wild card team that Pittsburgh could beat in the playoffs? I, I just don't know if there is. Maybe the Dolphins, although I think the Dolphins' defense would eat up Big Ben. The Colts would bully them. Yeah, I think the Colts would beat them pretty easily. The Titans would bully them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah safe to say that. Um, they're pretty bad. I mean, their defense is good. Their defense is good. But the, um, but the Steelers beat the Titans in week five. Yeah, okay, who cares? That was uh, before Big Ben's arm fell off. And then in the second in the second half, you saw like, hey, uh, we're not going to let Big Ben throw the short pass anymore. He threw three interceptions. We just had a kicker miss field goal, and we don't have thirty eight year old Jonathan Joseph out there playing defense anymore. So save it. The Steelers suck. They're the biggest frauds. I like the Browns. I did not think their defense was that shitty though. They need their defense to get healthy in a hurry. Yeah, I, I thought they would be able to stop Lamar more. You think Lamar was taking a shit? I don't know. He said he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He said he wasn't doing a Paul Pierce. RG3 said he was. Uh, RG3 said he was, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I guess probably. I mean, hell, it happens. Get that boy some emodium. That was a long, that was a long shit, though. He's gone almost the whole quarter. Yeah. That, yeah. That's why I don't think it was, because he didn't come back out until the two-minute warning, basically. Yeah. Um, Good for the Ravens. Trace McSorley wasn't getting it done. No, safe to say. Trace McSorley is not a professional quarterback. Brother Austin, a.k.a. Power T Tape, a.k.a. the best physical trainer on the Discord. The best football mind of the Discord, we will say. The best football mind on the Discord. The best football mind on the radio waves of Greater Knoxville, Tennessee, would like to know. Explain to me like I'm a child how 3-7 and seven this year equals 7-5 and five in a normal year. Thanks, I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, this is a good question. Like, I've never, like, to me... The argument that going three and seven this year means we would have gone seven and five in a normal year. Like, I understand what they're saying. We would have had two other non-conference games we would have won and two less conference games we would have lost. That is the worst argument that somebody can make. Like, that's supposed to be a winning argument for Jeremy Pruitt? Like, this tells me that the person arguing this argument on the behalf of Germ is not very smart. Because if you're trying to argue me that we should keep this guy, even though we lost seven to seven teams in our own conference because we would have beaten a couple teams out of conference, so we should keep them, that is the dumbest shit I've heard. It is the dumbest argument. Especially when you consider Jerem is yet to have an undefeated non-conference schedule. And lost to BYU and Georgia State last year. Like, we're just supposed to take it for granted? To me, it, that just, we're po- gonna be- to me it just proves that, like, seven and five really ain't worth celebrating either, like, we shouldn't let people sell us on making a bowl game as an accomplishment because if this season of three and seven is, is, is the equivalent of making a bowl game, then bowl games are fucking stupid and we got to quit judging coaches 
well, he went he went seven and five. That's pretty good. No, that should be you know obviously as we've seen the absolute bare minimum. Beating Vanderbilt and Missouri and South Carolina should do nothing for you if you're just looking and saying, well, you went seven and five. That that was the that was one of my big takeaways from it. Mm-hmm. We're we're judging these coaches so easily if we're saying that three and seven is really seven and five in regular season because in no world, Seth, would this season be acceptable under any circumstances. And if this shit football team went seven and five, we should disband the SEC. I agree. I mean, it's it's a, it's a horrible argument. It's it's a dumb it's a dumb argument. There are not four non conference teams we could have beaten. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, it, it's that's a that takes a jump to assume that Big Jerome was going to win all his non conference games. Especially with you know one on the schedule would have been Oklahoma. Yeah. But even if you were to remove Oklahoma and put Troy on there, Troy would have beat our ass. So yeah, not 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 that's it's a bad argument, brother Austin. It's a bad argument, uh, brother Blue Moon Ball. AFC playoff predictions. It's not time for that yet. Still got three weeks okay. in the season. John says it's not time for that. I mean, the Chiefs are the um, one seed. The Chiefs are going to be tough to beat. Yeah, nobody's beating the Chiefs, right? I mean, they're letting people hang around. Somebody might be able to get them, but I just don't think they will when it matters. Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill are just too good. I say that the Buffalo Bills get the two seed. That is my prediction. As of, as of this moment right now, I said Buffalo Bills get the two seed. I hope not. I hope not. Sim- that simply is... because I need Pittsburgh to win. I know I call them fries, but I need them to beat the Colts in two weeks. I would prefer the Steelers just to win out, beat the Bengals, beat the Colts, and then beat the Browns. That, that, that's my preference, which means that the Colts are going to beat their ass in two weeks. <sighs> probably cost the Titans. Colts probably cost the Titans the division because the Colts will smash the Steelers. We'll have to go to Green Bay, play Aaron Rodgers in the cold. Oof. Yeah, maybe Henry can run for two hundred yards again. That does suck. Covering Devontae Adams doesn't seem very fun. No, not for this secondary. Oof. <laughs> no. Oh goodness. Um, Last question. Find, find one more good one if you got another good one. If not, we can end it here. Okay. Uh, brother in front of the podcast, Will Warren, after two games, have your expectations for Tennessee basketball grown, shrunk, or stayed the same? Um, I will say they have grown in conference. Like, I think they should only lose, like, one conference game all year mm-hmm. at this point. The first, the first conference game might be the toughest. I, it's weird, but yeah, Conzo's uh, the second best team in the SEC right now. Yeah, which is really stupid. They put that on the SEC network on a nine o'clock Wednesday middle yeah. of the week thing. Like we showcase that game, cowards. Put us on ESPN. Yeah, but we should lose maybe one conference game. I will yeah. say nationally, it's probably gone down a smidge right now. Mm-hmm. I think making the Elite Eight would be a really, really big accomplishment, whereas before the year I probably said, wake me up when we make the Final Four. Mm-hmm. But it does, I do feel like there's 10 really good teams right now. Okay. So I would say in conference, they've gone up. Nationally, they've gone down a smidge. What about you? Uh, they have gone up because I really like both of the freshmen. What do you think about my Jaden Springer-Evan Turner comparison? Uh, oh, it's great, John. Good job. Thanks, Seth. It's great. It's great. I think Jaden Springer looks awesome. I mean, Evan Turner was the number two pick in the draft, by the way. Yeah. But Evan Turner's like 6'7", right? I mean, Springer's long. He's not He's yeah. not like as, as big, but he, he plays long. He's got those long arms. 
He likes those. He likes um, those mid-range jumpers and those mid-range passes where he's like faking a shot and dropping it off. Yeah, I, mine have gone up. I think that like I, I know people were like you know, rumbling about the game or whatever, and to me it was just kind of like, look, like Pons missed missed some shots these first two games that he always hits, and he's gonna hit them again. And if he hits those shots, we blow both of those teams out. Like I would like to see us go down to Fulke. I would like to see us go to Fulke a little bit more against Colorado, but or Cincinnati, whoever it was Saturday of Cincinnati. I think we're very, very good. I, my expectations have gone up. I really like both freshmen. Um, I look forward to seeing them start. I think it's Viscovi's defense. He doesn't seem to be – his defense seems to be better. Um, we have two really good shooters in the starting lineup. Pons will start hitting threes. Keon Johnson's going to find a stride. We can't lose a Conzo game one of the SEC schedule, please. Yeah, can't, can't lose a Conzo. Seth, good to hear from you, brother. I love you. I've been going out of my mind for a while now Trying to find my way back home I don't know how Oh, I'm all way up here In Kentucky, send things clear Through a hair tears and misery While you're all the way down there in Tennessee I've been going at it a little hard as late it might seem Been waking up Every day in the same bad dream Taking long walks at night Seeing things in a much bluer light That whole moon and your memory following Like there's an ocean 